This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Today's episode sponsored by none other than our friends at QuickTrack. Guys, if you have not yet gone and downloaded the free QuickTrack app on your mobile device, go do it now. Take a second. It's really quick. QuickTrack is the best way to create and sign a contract all on your phone. You can get it done in less than 60 seconds, whether you're a freelancer, part of a business, whatever it may be, QuickTrack has a reason to be in your life. I'm not kidding you. And they make it so easy to get paid or pay someone within the app. Download the QuickTrack app today in the App Store for free. QuickTrack, Q-U-I-K-T-R-A-C-T, QuickTrack. I always think that like I've, as an athlete, operated the best under like higher pressure. That like working well under pressure and almost thriving under pressure is something that has carried from when I was a gymnast to now and I don't think it'll ever, I hope it doesn't go away. Okay, so you know the mascot that went viral and has taken the NHL by storm over this past year? No? Whoa, were you living under a rock? Watch out because if Rudy hears this, he might throw a rock at you. You never know what the big, orange, furry, fluffy, friendly monster will do next. He is the poster boy for the Philadelphia Flyers organization. And what started as one small marketing effort turned into a worldwide media sensation, sparking all kinds of innovations and renovations throughout all of pro hockey. So cool, right? He's like a mascot influencer. One of the women responsible for his coming to life joins the show today, Lauren Capone, a former college gymnast at Temple turned marketing communications coordinator for the Flyers. Lauren shares what it was like creating the icon that Gritty now is. Maybe go watch a YouTube video or him for a sec if you don't know what I'm talking about, but she'll share what it's like working in pro sports as a former athlete, what the future of women in sports looks like, and what's up next for Philly. Of course, my girl Lauren Plum jumps in today, so double the Lauren dosage. Here we go. This is actually the, the third Lauren that I've talked to this week. Just endless Laurens. All the What's up, Lolo? Hello, how are you guys? I'm good. Dude, <laughs> Lauren has got to be the most generic name of all time. Like, I probably know 10 Laurens, like, off the top of my head. Yeah, and it's, like, anyone that was born in between, like, 1985 and, like, 1997, like, most likely, yeah. like, their parents were, like, probably a Lauren will work, like... Yeah, my mom I was like, Mom, why'd you name me Lauren? I know like so many Laurens. It's so awful. And she's like, Well, I didn't know any Laurens. I thought it was such a cool name. I was like, <laughs> Come on, Mom. I'm naming my kids like things you've never heard of now because I'm like so bored of this name. Every time someone's like, Oh, I'm with Lauren. And you can just hear them on the phone like, Lauren Hill. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, usually now when I say Lauren, everyone's always like, Oh, Lauren Plum, because she's like the most popular Lauren that I know. So. <laughs> But I went to dinner last night and, okay. and the guy asked what my name was and he's Irish and he was like, oh, you're Bridget? He's like, you're a goddess. And oh, I, in I, Ireland? Yeah. And this is, and he showed me, he has a picture of my goddess like face. This is me. I'm the goddess oh, of like war. That. I guess it's like, in, yeah, a real thing. I thought I was named after a oh saint, but I didn't know that. How did he, how did he say Bridget? Say an Irish Bridget, accent. Bridget, Bridget. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like. I can't say it, but it was really funny. And like, I told my mom that this morning and she was like, oh yeah, totally. I knew that. I was like, yeah. no, That's why I chose yeah. it. That's why I chose no, it. Goddess of Whatever. Anyway. Um, well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because like, I feel like your team has been in the news so much lately. Like, You've been kind of the most talked about NHL team recently because of your mascot. I know. I know. That means I'm doing my job right, too, if, if we are the most talked about team. But, yeah, he is – he's something else. Totally. Yeah. I want to understand how Gritty started because I've, you know, watched all of the ESPN videos and, like, the cool little viral things. But from your perspective, yeah, tell the story of his birth. 
Yes. So this actually started, I think, in like 2016. We had like a bunch of executives. They were at the NHL All-Star Game, which is, you know, kind of at different locations every year. Um, And one of our executive sons, I think, who was like eight or nine at the time, was watching like the mascot showdown. Like there's a whole mascot game or whatever you want to call it. And he like went to his dad. He was like, why don't we have a mascot? And at the time, I think we were only one of two NHL teams that didn't have one. And so kind of like from that, like that got the conversation started. And the next year, the same thing happened. We went back to all-star games, same deal. Um, And then that's really when sort of like the higher level executives were like, yeah, you guys should do this. Like, I think that it's in the plans. Like you guys should probably start thinking about it. We talked about it for like a whole year. And then I think it was like May or June of 2018. We officially were like, all right, this is the summer. What are the steps? Um, And we hired um, sort of an outside consultant. His name's Dave Raymond, and he actually was the original Philly fanatic. So really like the most iconic mascot. Um, So he now runs like a consultation service for people that want to do things like this, which is like an insane job. Yeah. Um, But he's the best. And he um, sat down with like our team. There was like probably a group of like six to eight of us that were really like charged with doing Uh, the mascot project and he kind of told us the ins and outs and then we started some drawings and then we commissioned a couple artists to give us drawings and we really had no idea what we wanted at first it was a flyer isn't really anything so you couldn't do anything literal uh so and we didn't want to go the aviation route like at one point we were like maybe we'll make it like a flying squirrel or and it could wear like a pilot's hat like a leather jacket but that didn't really seem very Philly to us. So um, long story short, after we looked at all of those artists, we came down to kind of a small collection of like monster-like characters. And it was like monster A through F. They weren't really named. And monster D was the one that eventually became what we all know now as Gritty. Um, And then we kind of nailed his illustration down and passed it to basically a costume company or a company that can make these types of things and they started bringing it to life and then as they were making it 3d we had to tweak the illustrations back and forth so that they all matched and at one point he didn't have pants like it was like a whole weird (laughs) thing and like we changed his mouth like 13 different times so it was a really interesting process so that took the whole summer um and then september 24th of 2018 was when we officially unveiled him to the world um in front of a bunch of kids because originally we wanted this to be a product that helped younger Flyers fans like kind of associate with the brand Uh, and it went really well the event and then (laughs) we made him a Twitter account and his first tweet went out and people were like whoa (laughs) Uh, didn't go so hot for the first like 24 hours but actually it it turned around and we did a couple things that that turned it around and somehow within a day like people adored him and and the night that we unveiled him good morning america called my boss and they were like we're obsessed with gritty and we were like whoa we don't even know gritty yet <laughs> like i don't understand that's how awesome you can be obsessed with him um but yeah and then that's when all kind of the viral stuff started happening he fell on the ice during his first game um, so that was an accident it was not it it was an accident like it really was it really was like he slipped and fell <laughs> Yeah. It just like But I saw that video. Whoever was in that costume, it, I was is it the same person every time? So yeah, so we kind of always we like to kind of lean into like the lore of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, when especially when we talk to younger um folks and and families, it's it's that's just gritty. We hope that kids kind of like a Santa Claus type of thing, you know, be- believe that that that's him but you know the performer that we do have is an all-star like he deserves so much credit and and he's an actual superstar yeah no for sure but it's one person because so because we went to Oregon and you know those games are those football games are really long and we have we had four mascots because I was a cheerleader so I knew all the ins and outs of of the mascots and so you know there's there are four guys who would switch between the suits so that's why I'm, I'm really interested if it's one guy like that's a hard job yeah so right now it's just one guy which is insane. He again, yeah. he's an absolute insane yeah. person. Yeah, and I understand um, <laughs> you can't reveal everything. You know, that's the magic. So yeah, yeah, totally. but no, it is one performer that we have right now who really is full force doing it day in day out. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. I think one of the funny things was when Gertie was first revealed. 
was it the penguins who responded on Twitter with like an LOL okay, like something very sassy? Um, and then you guys had a response to that. What, did that light a fire in, inside of you to fully just say, okay, screw it. We're just going, like a legend. Like, we're just going with it. We're just going <laughs> yeah. with it. Oh, we don't care. Yeah. So we were like sitting in this back room of the event space that we had his like unveil event. And we were all just like sitting there on our phones, like scrolling. Cause the tweets just like wouldn't stop coming. And they were all hysterical. I mean, they were so mean, but they were hysterical. And we were like laughing and, and at first, like we were interacting with all the other mascots that were like, welcome, you know? Yeah. And then the penguins tweeted that. And we all sort of looked at each other and we were like, this is our chance. Like they really softballed it for us. And you know, the one thing about like Philly is like, we know who our rivals are and we're always going to sort of go up against them. So we all kind of like collectively got to that tweet and sent it out and it was perfect. I think that's when at least like the Philadelphia culture and the folks that were following Gritty at that time were like, oh man, like people need to stop making fun of him. Like he's one of us, you know? Yeah, yeah. protective. For those that don't know exactly what happened, can you explain what uh they said and what um you guys replied back yeah so before the penguins tweeted aside from sort of like other teams and mascots just being like welcome to the league um there were a bunch of folks who were like referring to gritty as nightmare fuel um they were already like cutting him into like they were putting like in sewers like they were just like calling him a terrifying monster and um there were a bunch of people that were like wow you clearly don't need to have a brain to work in the marketing department at the flyers like oh just my like, gosh oh, that's mean yeah people were brutal um and then the penguins sent in that tweet and they quote tweeted his original it was just a picture of him and that's when the it me thing started because that's all his first tweet said and they quote tweeted it and said lol okay and we replied back with another gift that we had like already in the pot of gritty and it just said, sleep with one eye open tonight, bird. Um, and people were like, wow, we love this guy. You know, like Wolf of Wall Street. Like, yeah. one of yeah. us, one of us. Uh, it was that's pretty awesome. funny. Um, and that's when people, I think, started to get on Gertie's side. And then there was still some kind of heat coming in. But at least, like, we had Philadelphia in that moment to be like, no, he's cool. Like, he can stay. <laughs> Yeah. And then his personality just evolved. I mean, he is so epic in the sense that he just goes and like does whatever he wants. How do you get fans to be on board with just pouring popcorn and eggs and all that crap? Like, I, I how, how are fans okay with that? I, honestly, like in real life, like the things that he does not on the internet, like even some things surprise me. Like sometimes we take, you know, some. So it's not all planned. No, it's not all planned and he doesn't tell us all. So like, he's just like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And you're like, whoa, whoa. And like, I, you know, it, I think that's what makes it so great because no one expects it. And he's so great at doing things on the fly and he has great comedic timing. And, and I think he really understands like the Philadelphia brand and how we like feel about, you know, opposing visitors and, and things like that. So he does a really great job of that. And then I, that element of surprise, I think is really what always gets people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and most of all, you were competing. I mean, in the Philly market, you're competing with the Sixers, Eagles, Phillies. So what did you feel that you were missing that now you've filled yeah, with him? So, I mean, I think ultimately it comes down to a community uh, push. Um, it's hard to get players out to things from time, oftentimes. Yeah. Um, and now we have yeah. this like almost like mobile brand ambassador, if you want to call him that. And, and he's recognizable and, and people put him on t-shirts and, and some people who aren't necessarily hardcore hockey fans can still relate to gritty because he just sort yeah. of embodies a culture and our team, of course, but he kind of extends farther than just the product on the ice. And I think that's something that we were missing for a long time. And, and sort of one of the goals that we had when we kind of were bringing a mascot into the market was what are other ways we can reach fans who might be more casual um, and things like that. So honestly, he's just a blast. And I think that to have something like that in your arena and also in the community, it, it helps everyone, you know, their attitudes towards the team are better their attitudes just towards the Flyers brand might be better and they're just, they just love them. So, you know, that worked out in our favor, luckily, but um, I would love to say it was always planned like that, but we definitely got a little bit of luck on, on our side as well. Oh no, for sure. So what's the gritty command center? Cause I saw something come out about that. What is that? Yeah. So um, our whole building really got, has been getting redone for the last few years. And, and um, we have some new leadership who has come in and they, 
um, really wanted to get more like fan activation, like touch points, if you want to call them that. And um, knowing that Gertie had become so big, we actually, they were thinking about, if you guys have ever been to Disney World, where they do that like bippity boppity boutique and like they can go in and get dressed up like a princess. We were like, well, what if like little kids or adults could come in and get yeah. dressed up like Gertie? Um, Cause we had so many people like making their own homemade Gertie costumes. And we were like, well, Shut what if we up. gave them this like in the arena? And so right. now it's sort of a space that is modeled after kind of like Gertie's office. If you want to call it that is probably the okay. best way. Okay. Like if Gertie had an office, what would it be like? But it's a lot more, um, kind of his style. It's not very formal. It's, it's a little messy. Um, there's a lot of like hidden gems around. He keeps a lot of like trinkets in there, a lot of like old memories in it's there. It's like a little man cave. Yeah, literally like Gertie's man cave. <laughs> and then you, there's like a menu of options. So you can even just come and get your face painted orange for the game if you want, or like you can get this whole thing where like you have like orange eyelashes and like orange eyebrows and like it, oh. there's like merch involved. It's crazy. Um, so, but it's a really cool thing. The kids have been loving it. They're eating it up and it looks great. And I think it's something that at the least catches people's eye and gets them interested. And, you know, I think it's crazy that within a year, like our mascot has his own dedicated space on a concourse. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And then all of that hype and that fire has to translate to how a team, you know, does on ice or at least feels like they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And clearly uh, the Philadelphia Flyers fan base is like super passionate. And I hate to use that word because it's what people always say when they talk about Philadelphia culture, but it really is the right word to use. And to give them just another thing for them to just be so crazy about, it's like just feeding right into their hand which I think they appreciate and um, it's fun for us to watch like just another element of of hype for people is is always kind of what we're trying to do so it, it's been really good what's been the players response <laughs> so I think at first they were confused <laughs> um like I know that one of our beat reporters like went to them that day they had like a morning practice and was like showing them the picture and it was a lot of like confusion um but I think they've really warmed up to him now um when they get to see each other um I think they know what to expect now so that's a little a bit of a help there but they um you know, a lot of them have started to like interact with him on Twitter. Uh, we just got Kevin Hayes onto our team over the summer. He came from the Rangers and at media day this year, like absolutely loved Gertie. It was like, I've been waiting to meet you. Like just was absolutely loving it. So oh I think that now that it's been a year and they know that he's like here to stay and he's here for positive reasons that they're, that they're coming around to him. Right. Like it's not just some marketing foofiness. Yeah. It's just like, like a short campaign right exactly yeah they like I think they thought that maybe he would just like float away into the distance but they know that he's like he's legit he's he's here to stay it's <laughs> awesome oh my gosh that's so funny and then you've also got the rage room yeah launch that's launched I saw a demonstration I think it was Katie Nolan I feel like I saw a video of her yeah. doing it because at first when I was reading about it I'm like how can this be safe all these people going in there and what you know I don't know is it sledgehammers I saw her do it with a hockey stick but then I read it's like only one or two people at a time um that is so insane that you can go in there break what china like tvs all these things so tell us a little bit about where the rage room came from and what hockey fans can go in there and do yeah so the rage room is part again of these massive renovations that we've had over the last like mm -hmm. year or so um you guys our, are just going all out like um, this it's just amazing yeah it's crazy um i can like hardly came up with it myself um but everything's just looks so good and it's all like really nuanced ideas which is great um, our top level, the highest level in our arena got completely gutted. It used to be like, um, uh, they used to be suites, like party suites. And now it's completely leveled out. And we offer like our first standing room only ticket, which is great for people who are younger. They're wow. only 25 bucks for Flyers games, which See, is really more teams need to do that because no, most people our age can't afford to go to a game, no. a pro game. No, or you're sitting like the very last row and you're like cramped in and now it's, um, it's like state of the art up there. They made it like very, I'm trying to think of the best way, like colonial, modern chic, if you will. Oh, okay. Like that's probably the best <laughs> way I can explain it. There's like leather couches and fireplaces and um, they have like a full craft oh, cocktail wow. menu up there, which is really cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's really awesome up there. And that's where the Rage Sounds Room is. super like, bougie. Away in there. 
Um, and yeah, so you can only go in one person at a time uh, and they get five minutes and they can, there's multiple weapons of choice. So Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's What's your favorite I, weapon. There's a sledgehammer. I think there's like a lead pipe. Like it, we're basically like, the, it's like the really, clue game. Yes. yes. Um, and they can go like into our back, like storage room and they pick a few items and they set them up and they can play music like, and they can. Lauren did it in the rage room with the lead pipe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Profe- per- excuse me, Professor Plum oh, yeah. in the rage room with the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. That's what it feels like. But um, I think a lot of it, people have been asking us like, oh, is this safe? You know, like, it's a way for people to release stress in a very like contained space. Like, and there's a whole list of rules. Hockey fans of all people have a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. If we're like in the middle of like Flyers Rangers and we're down for nothing, like I can guarantee you people are going to be pounding down that door. Like, let me just break a couple things. Like, we'll be fine. And then you go back to your seat and it's a good time. (laughs) Yeah. So what <laughs> objects are in there that you can break? Whew. I mean, when we did it with Katie and Gritty, um, there was a TV, there was um, a lot of like vases, like a lot of things you would see on like your grandmother's Thanksgiving dining table, oh, yeah, like gravy boats. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's like a lot of uh, basically anything you can think of. I know. I'm just going to go to Thanksgiving and make my own range room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys like need to clean out your closets, like just bring it on with you when you come through security, just be like, I'm just taking it to the rage room. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, is that how people get it through? Is no. there, oh, it's like, no. oh my God, that's a thing. That's incredible. I wish like, that just, would be incredible. How funny. What if you could bring your, I'm just taking this taser yeah. to the, I'm to just the bringing my boyfriend's though. old, you know, old things. I'm just going to smash yeah. it all there. Burn it. I'm bringing my boyfriend's old picture. It's going to burn a trash inside the rage room oh my god yeah yeah that would be the dream and I do know that we have like stickers of the opposing team so like if we're yes. playing like you know the Oilers like you can put at least like stickers on the coffee mug and then like smash it um and do stuff like that, that is so cool yeah it's a really really unique idea it's cool can Gritty go in there with with people so not with people people um he can so there's like a viewing area it's kind of like two-part you like walk in the door it it looks like an interrogation room (laughs) yeah yeah so like if you and lauren were gonna go together like you could go in the waiting room while lauren like smashes stuff and watch and then you guys (laughs) sorry babe there's gonna be nothing left to smash after i'm done yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i feel like i would probably miss the whole game because i would want to just sit there and watch people kill things and drink bougie exactly. cocktails and yeah sit up there with <laughs> professor plum drinking my bougie cocktail with curl yeah, mustard yeah. And you guys have really plum. set the scene of like the new stage this is exactly what we wanted yeah. no but that's like that's it's like awesome. what it's about and i think that people forget you know how important it is to like take all those things into account because sports so much so has really transformed into the entertainment side of things you know you're not going to do well on the ice you're not going to get your team to win you're not going to get your fan base there if you're not putting the effort in on this side of things do you agree yeah right like a full experience type yep Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that the NHL traditionally has like an older fan base at this point um kind of across the board it's more of a traditional kind of older group so what ways can we get younger people in who enjoy sports no doubt about it but they also want more things to do they they don't just want to sit in their seat and follow the stats right. and and kind of do that they they want a really cool craft cocktail or they really want they love this mascot and they really want ways that they can interact with this mascot even if it's not actually the mascot there sitting next to them so that's like the command center and I mean like there's tons of different ways there's a sports book up there now so like if you're into sports betting you can be watching the game but also behind you is like 90 TVs that have all the other games on and you can keep you know your whole day of sports betting going yeah. which Totally. It, it's it's That's a good awesome. thing for a lot of people who just, like you guys said, like want a more like full immersive experience right. kind of from it. Well, and especially when you are following in the footsteps of like the Phillies and the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you've got a Super Bowl winning team over there and then you've got the Phillies with the Fanatic. And then, you know, like you've got Bryce Harper and like the, all the show, yeah, the all the show. Like, so cool. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like there's you you're competing with that. I think that. um I think that it's huge that you're making these changes. Um, what was kind of, I know you, we kind of talked about the motivation, but um, where did you say, okay, this is what we are going to do different so that we can compete and not make Gritty exactly like the Fanatic, but be able to accomplish the same kind of things? 
yeah so I think that whenever this kind of like topic comes up we always think about like if the fanatic would have been released in 2015 like when social media was alive and well like what would he have done because he was released in the 70s and like he doesn't really have a social presence and and that type of thing so they didn't get that piece of like well if he did have a voice what would he say and how would he say it so I think creating a mascot in a big city like ours in 2018 was like well we have the world of social media at our hands like we can really create this personality for him through words and video and and content rather than just what he's doing in the arena interacting with fans which is equally as important but it adds a whole nother layer that is connected to so many more people than just the people who are already coming to Flyers games yeah which has been really cool to watch and I think that we've always just been telling ourselves to like kind of keep up with like what's relevant and a lot of his stuff is like pop culture relevant and and kind of what's going on in the world outside of just the team he obviously is the team's number one fan but outside of that outside you know of like sports. right yeah it's all, not always sports like we filmed like a Lizzo music video over the summer like he got his belly button pierced like it's just like <laughs> anything you can think of like we've been like yeah that'll like if we think it's funny like we think everybody else will think it's funny so we just kind of lean into it and so you guys just have like an incredible marketing team because like you guys must get along really well and you know it sounds like it because to create a mascot that 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 is that much content and is that funny for sure has a whole group of people behind it that really know that are really with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And originally it was a group of probably, like I said, like six to eight of us and all of us like get along really well. We've worked on other stuff together. And, and I think, I truly think it's like the most, the most like effective group effort I've ever seen. Like, and we really all leaned oh into gosh. it and we all sort of knew our role within it. And then when we needed right. to come together as a group, I mean, some of the stuff we did was like the most fun I've ever had at work. I mean, it didn't even feel like work. We like created Spotify playlists for him. And like, we spent an hour and a half, like sitting in a conference room, just being like, oh what would Gritty listen to, you know? And then, That's incredible. So it's a good, it's a good gang. They're really, really good people and so talented. And right. And it's like having a group project that like everyone, <laughs> that everyone actually contributes in college. Wow. I can only imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was your exact role then on that team when you launched Gritty? So when we did the launch, um, myself and then my direct boss, we kind of did all the logistics and planning for that uh, unveil event. Okay. So we like location scouted, we decided kind of like how the show would run. Um, we scripted it, we reached, we made sure that like kids were going to be there. Um, so and then obviously, we sent out a press release and we handled like the immediate we kind of like, we wanted it to be a surprise. So we like called media ahead of time. And we were like, hey, like on Monday, we don't want to say mascot, but <laughs> like, <laughs> and um, made sure that obviously the media was there to cover it. It was like a really historic thing for our franchise. And actually a couple of the folks that we reached out to were like, oh, you know, it's the day after an Eagles game. Like it's, it's Carson Wentz's first game back. Like, are you guys like for real? <laughs> and we were like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, could you move it? Like we had people ask us to move the event and we were like, no, we're not moving it. Like the day after, like, it's not even the same day. Come on. Not, whatever. Um, jokes on them, man, now. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's hilarious. Okay. So did you download the free quick track app yet? Go do it right now. If you haven't yet, it takes less than 60 seconds to create and sign a contract on your phone. How incredible is that? So whether you run your own business or you just need to write a contract with a friend to make sure that something gets done, QuickTrack is a solution for you. I use it every single day for personal reasons and because I run my own business. Download the free QuickTrack app today from the App Store, QuickTrack, Q-U-I-K-T-R-A-C-T, QuickTrack. All right, back to the show. So being under all this pressure and working in such a high intense athletic environment, um, do you think about yourself as a former athlete and are you able to translate those skills that you were able to use now into the professional side of things? Yeah, I always think that like I've, as an athlete, operated the best under like higher pressure. 
And so now I think when we have a week to turn around a precedent to unveil a rage room and <laughs> leadership is like, you know, who might be good, Katie Nolan? Yeah. And you're like, oh, sure, let me just whip that up. Um, I think that it's that like working well under pressure and almost thriving under pressure is something that has carried from when I was a gymnast to now. And I don't think it'll ever, I hope it doesn't go away. Cause yeah. And performing under any circumstance, but then gymnastics is like the top of the top yeah. level pressure. Honestly, I have, that is my favorite by far sport to watch in the Olympics. It's incredible. Oh, like, I have same. so much respect for gymnasts from yeah. every level. It's incredible. Simone Biles is like an animal. Like she is just like the greatest human being. Yeah. Like, like to be that compared to like, like incredible and mentally that tough. It's just, you just never see that. Like, I don't know if someone like that will come around again. It's no, incredible. No, she's like, we're just always like in awe of her. Like anytime she does anything, I'm like, oh my God, yes. But that also <laughs> sucks for you because then that's like, oh, that's like the new standard. It's like, no, she's a freak of nature, like in all yeah. Factors of the whole entire sport, you know, so it's that's tough to be like compared to ever because that's like the new standard that's like not humanly possible for most females, just humans in general to do, you know. So, but it's yeah. incredible that gymnastics has been able to take off in such a high way. Like, we have so much respect across the board for gymnasts, you guys oh, are so big amazing, time. seriously. And because, like, even though it is a team sport, you are under so much individual pressure. In, every single individual event but I think that again like so much of that pressure that you've dealt with carries into everything now that you do in life because you've understand you've understood how to be on a team but also how to individually handle all of like that anxiety and all of that intense um, pressure yeah yeah that's exactly it it's like you you're always driven by like the goals of the team but at the end of the day it's like what is your contribution and like you have to get up there and do what your job is and I think that can apply to anything I mean like even at work or even if you know like if you live with like a partner like whoever you're with like it's always about that teamwork but you still have to contribute the most that you can as an individual right um like we were talking about group projects like there's always that one person that like drags along and they don't do anything but then they get an a and you're like that's not fair right you know but like if everyone's working at like their absolute highest level it some of the results are just like out of this world and that's you know to gritty to other things that we've done at the flyers like it's just everybody working to like peak peak levels and and that's when like things just get blown out of the water like from expectations God, what a fun environment to go into every seriously, day seriously like, yeah. good for you it sounds we have like a good time. So we have fun. a good time yeah so how did you decide to go into the nhl um so i have i've been from i'm from this area have been from this area my whole life so grew up like a philly sports fan my brother played roller hockey but never ice hockey um and actually i was in grad school and working at the time that i saw this job um and it sort of like popped up and like i was like man kind of the same thing that everybody else is like that sounds like it would be a fun job and like at the time it was just marketing coordinator and it was so broad and I have a communications background but I like read through the job description and there was a little bit of everything of stuff that I'd already done and I was like you know what this feels right um, and I actually knew a couple folks there like kind of six degrees of separation that helped me I guess like get a foot in the door um, and just went through like the standard interview process and then kind of what was it April of 2017 like started right at the end of their 50th anniversary season um which was like a cool time to start because they were like that's great we celebrated 50 years and now it's time to like look towards the future like what is the next 50 years of Flyers hockey both on and off the ice going to look like so it was kind of like a cool turning point to start there um but in terms of ending up in the NHL like it was never something that I thought like growing up like oh I definitely want to work for an NHL team did you always want to work in sports yeah yeah always wanted to work in sports and like thought it would be cool to work for Philly sports but like pro teams always seem like a pipe dream almost like there's not that many and they're really hard to get into but I I always say like I was at the right place at the right time um and knew the right people that helped me get there and and now I'm just like really thankful to be there and to be working with like the great people that are there they're just so awesome mm -hmm. Was your transition hard, though, into the workplace? Well, actually, you, you said you're in grad school. So tell me a little bit about your transition out of college um, when you retired um, and quit gymnastics. Was that hard? Did you ever feel like you were dealing with a little bit of an identity crisis because you had been an athlete your entire life? Oh, definitely. 
Um, and especially with gymnastics, like it's not necessarily a life sport. Like I could have like swam, right? No, um, I, I did gymnastics. <laughs> Something and, that you could just do on a daily morning basis. Right, yeah. yeah, like keep up with it. Like there is no like adult gymnastics, like rec team. Like there's no beer league gymnastics. Oh let's sucks, let's, let's like, get this started, guys. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, I can start I, it. That could be next. Yeah, yeah. The liability is like so high for that, but um yeah so when it's done it's done which I think is like a really hard thing it's like ripping a band-aid um but luckily for me when I did go to grad school I still worked at Temple and so the role that I had while I was in grad school actually I still worked with my team um sort of I did like their media social media like media relations type of thing so it was almost like I like had them at like like a part of the team yeah yeah I was on like by a final thread like I wasn't doing it but I was still involved in it which kind of helped I think and then um now being a part of like another team has obviously helped but yeah all the time like I've tried everything post-gymnastics that's like well this is athletic but then it just like isn't the same which is really hard and like I sit there and like people are like you should just go do it again and I'm like but I can't like I'll probably (laughs) break something and I'm just sad (laughs) uh so it's been hard. Totally. And it's like when somebody when somebody's not, you know, regulating your schedule, regulating your, you know, weightlifting schedule, weight regulating your practice schedule, writing like regulating <laughs> what you're eating, everything. All of a sudden it's kind of just like, "Oh, here you go. Bye." Yeah. Like go go now do whatever you want. It, it it's like it's a mind F. Yeah. <laughs> For and sure. Even if you have a busy schedule, which we all do. Everyone's so busy. It's just totally. like a different kind of busy and you're like, "I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know. I can't pack myself a lunch. Like I can't make myself <laughs> dinner. I can't do it. Yes. It's so hard, but like, it shouldn't be, but it's just like when you're so, I think zoned in, in one world. So like, if you're a swimmer, a cheerleader, a gymnast, like if you're so ingrained in that world for so many years, I mean, like, I was a gymnast for 20 years, basically. Wow. And then to all of a sudden, like not have it, your whole life has to recalibrate and it yep. it's taken a long time and I still don't even think I'm fully there in terms of just having a normal schedule again and and I do work in an industry that requires like weird hours and nights and and weekends but it's still I still feel like I can't get myself to a place where I'm like oh I'm good you know by the time I was a senior in college like you know the schedule you know the weightlifting schedule you know it all you know when you're going to eat what you're going to eat and all that kind of stuff and now I'm like oh god now what every day is different and and, and I think every time I think I get it down like a new wrench gets thrown in and I'm like well that's just life so yeah totally yeah it's crazy but um it all the lessons that I've learned from gymnastics I think outweigh like any amount of confusion that comes from not being an athlete anymore um and sometimes you don't even realize it at first I don't think you're you're like doing these things in your job and you're like you know performing well and, and you're getting things done and you're accomplishing like goals and dreams that you have and then you look back and you're like wow like without having been a gymnast like I probably wouldn't act this way or that way um so when you reflect on it it's like always a good thing that you've done it and even though it can be a weird transition like you have to hold on to like what those values that you've learned are and carried through into into like real life that they call it yeah Exactly. No, totally. And that's what this podcast is about is real life and hard air quotes. But with that comes, you know, adversity that you've most likely faced in a meet or just in the gym. Um, Is there any point that you remember when you were a gymnast that really was a turning point for you or you felt that you had to really overcome because things were difficult, things were tough? Um, something just really sticks in your mind that has made you who you are today. Yeah. I mean, there were, I think like being a college athlete is a really unique experience. Um, kind of like looking back on it, you know, like your freshman year, you're just sort of like going through the motions and getting used to it. But I kind of remember like my junior year, um, I never had like a really bad injury, but I did like kind of first meet of the season, like came out and it was even during warmups, like not even during the meet, like totally like ruined my left ankle, like demolished. And like, it took me out. And at that point, like, you know, when you feel like you're getting to like the peak of your performance, like I was a junior, like I knew what I was doing. I was getting better. I like was as a gymnast, like I was 
I know I only did two events the year before I was like set to do three maybe four like I was really getting to like a really good place and it just like took me out and I was like come on like (laughs) you try not to like get mad at the situation but it's so easy to and I just remember like being devastated like never had felt more prepared in my life to go into a meet and then like before I even get to compete anything just like the whole day's out I missed like another two three meets and I ended up like coming back and I, so not an NCAA All-American, we worked in like a different division because of our funding level. Um, so it's the USA Gymnastics does like a subdivision. Um, so I ended up being like a USAG All-American that same year. So like it ended up being a really good year, but I just remember being so upset that I did so much work to get so much better and it all got taken away in like an instant. Um, but it really did like, push me to like rehab harder than I've ever rehabbed before. And like, nobody likes rehab. Right. Um, and so rehabbed like as hard as I could, like tried to get back and I knew the team needed it. I, like, I wanted to be back and I got myself back and like had a really, really successful year despite missing kind of the first bit of it. So, um, I think when you really want something like in your like darkest times, that's when like you'll be like you know what? I'm gonna do this no matter what and it sucks that you have to get to sort of like that low point but oftentimes that low point like kind of springboards you even higher than you probably thought you were gonna be at first yeah yeah and just dealing with things like that in such an intense level then you go to a real job like like a marketing job or something else and you're just like anything that's thrown at you it's like hey at the end of the day this is no big deal like I'm my body's still I can in deal with piece. it I can go home and still like live my life and it's just that intensity that you go through through something like that playing a college sport or doing that is just sets you up for life like no one else can even really like get on your level you know what I mean so like that's why everyone's hiring college athletes and it makes so much sense and they're I'm sure the they know they're so lucky to have you because you probably seem so chill with everything that gets thrown your way so Yeah, when a curveball comes, like, you're ready. You know how to deal with it. Yeah, and it's weird because it's almost like the, like I said, I think earlier, like, the weirder the circumstance, like, the more calm I become. Yeah. Like, it's like. Especially because you see everyone else freak out and you're like, dang, this really is affecting people. Like, this makes me even more calm. Like, (laughs) all right, you guys are really losing it over nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's a weird, like, way that your mind, like, does it. It's almost like fight or flight. Like, some people are like, I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) Like, it's impossible. And you're just like, well, I think, let's think about it. Like, I think we might be able to, to get this done. Yeah. Um, And I think, like, in terms of being a gymnast and it carrying forward, I think that gymnasts are very methodical and, like, very logical. And so I think that I've always carried, like, a let's just take it step by step. And if we can break it down step by step, like we can reach that ultimate goal. Um, I think gymnastics is so detail oriented. I mean, like one wrong step, it have I've fallen on my face like a bajillion times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how logical that is, but you guys are incredible. Not that logical, that. but like the move itself. I know what to do. Um, so yeah. And I mean, like we have a couple other athletes, like, on staff and I think that they always sort of stand out and I'm sure they stand out in like every other office of people that have athletic backgrounds that just can get laser focused when they need to but also have a really good time I think that like athletes know like that it's okay to have fun even when you're doing something serious Um, especially college athletes I mean like being a college athlete at the end of the day was a blast Oh, uh, so fun. I would go back in a second. Yeah like any of us would go back in a second and we were having so much fun but we were also really really succeeding and and then like reaching goals and that all that stuff so I think that carrying that into the workplace is something that not everybody can do um and can do successfully but I think that athletes like have that like down pat for sure yeah oh my gosh absolutely that's like such a good way to put it yeah it's um it's fun it's fun and of course like working for a sports team too makes it easy like I understand like why people like sports and it's something that at least like at the end of the day, people just want to talk about sports and they want to have fun doing it. Um, and we're just here to like make sure people are doing those things in a fun way. And now we get to just like tag around an orange mascot and people are like, we're good. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, do you get really nervous? I mean, now that you 
obviously you're never a hockey player, but you're not in control. Like you are not in control of the team. You're just, you know, sitting on the sidelines. Do you get really nervous at games? Yeah. And honestly, I'm an all of hockey players. Like I think that what they do is, is insane. Like the pucks are so small and they're moving so fast. And I'm just like, totally. When I'm filming hockey, it's so hard for me to, to keep my eye on the puck. So hard, so hard. But like, I find it, it is super nerve wracking and like, I almost like ride the energy of like the fans too. Cause a lot of times I'm like in there and like, they're so worked up. So it makes me really worked up. And, and I try to keep my cool, but at the same time, like you just want the team to do well. Cause like as an athlete, you know how hard they work and you know, like what their bodies are going through and what mentally they're going through. And a lot of them have families and, and they travel and all that kind of stuff. So you really just want them to do the best that they can. How much do you get to watch of the game versus like doing your job at the game? Yeah, it depends on, like, what we have going on. Um, so sometimes, like, last night we had a giveaway. So, like, I didn't really see a lot of the game because we did a lot of, like, prep work. We gave stuff out, like, as fans were leaving. So I didn't really see a lot of it. But there are other times, like, I bring reporters, like, shadow gritty. So I'm, like, literally two steps behind him the whole game, which is fun to, like, almost watch the game through his eyes. Um, he's hit me a couple times but I won't hold it against him like he just like loses his mind whenever we score and I'm like always like like he doesn't know his own strength so um you know it's it's a balance and I used to kind of in previous years help out the social team um with like live content like Instagram stories and stuff like that um so that I obviously was watching like minute to minute the whole game so it's been a variety and it's it was fun to watch the whole games but you know, hockey games are, hockey games are intense. I used to get home and be like, whoa, like (laughs) I'm exhausted just watching. So. Right. That's exactly. That's what I mean. Like you are in it. You're invested. Yeah. It's cold too. Like realistically, if I could go back, like I picked the wrong sport. Like I don't like the cold. And like, I'm freezing every time I'm in there. I'm like, why? I could have done anything else, but we have, at least I always know what to expect. Like we don't get rain. We don't get snow. Yeah, true. That's so funny because like when I because like when I was covering um, WHL games at my last job, yeah, I would get so hot in there because like I was running around so much. So even though it was like so cold in there and by the rink, I felt like I got so hot yeah. and I'd be taking all my jackets off and everything. So that's funny that you say that. Yeah. Were you running like back of house, like by the locker rooms and stuff? Yeah. Like I was running yeah. a lot. So I guess that's probably yeah. why. <laughs> So I'm like, everyone's actually cold. Yeah. But then I realized like with a few times that I'd step on the ice and I'd have to stand there for a long time. I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we did a media day on the ice for the first time last year. And then we did it again this year. And I think we had to like stand on the ice as the players were coming through for like probably eight hours. If you're not bending your knees constant. Yeah. And like it was in September, right? So it's like right before training camp starts. So it's like 90 yeah. degrees outside, but it's 30 when you're inside. <laughs> and like, you just like stick your head outside and you're like, oh, like I just need just a little bit of warmth, just a little bit of humidity, please. Give me a heater. Yeah. It's Give me a space heater. Oh my gosh. That's so yeah. Funny. Yeah. People have space heaters at our office. Like it's just like, so it gets so chilly, but you get used to it. A lot of sweater dresses. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, anything you're looking forward to this season, I guess, for those of our listeners that are hockey fans? Yeah. So Flyers obviously have been going through a rough patch um, by all, all accounts. Um, but, you know, I think that on the ice and off the ice, like everybody's taking a new approach. Like we have a new coach. We've got a lot of new players. Um, there's like, you know, leadership on the business side, on the hockey ops side. And I think that what they're creating is, is perfectly Philly. And I think that once people kind of understand, you know, rage, all those different things, like I think they're, it's going to be a really fun time to come down. And ultimately that's just what we want to do. Like we want people to come down and have a good time and help cheer on the flyers and hopefully they win and hopefully we get a cup sometime soon. Um, and you know, like, I just think hockey seasons are long and I have to remind all the fans that like, we've only played six games. It's okay. It's been like a week. Yeah. There's 80 games in a season. Like we're going to be okay. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it's just an exciting time. And, And I think it's an exciting time for like women to work in sports too. Um, so we have a lot of ladies on our team and a lot of ladies that helped with gritty. And I think that that's a fun thing for people to know. 
Um, it was a mixed bag, but there were definitely some, some strong ladies in the group that really helped get him off the ground. And, um, I think that I work with absolute rock stars and they deserve like all the credit in the world. So that's so awesome. That's awesome. The future is female. I said that in our last interview and now it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> I'm two for two with the future is female. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though. Because women are seriously, we're so organized and uh, pay attention to detail. And it's and you have a freaking college gymnast that's, and she's a woman, like that's just like checks all the boxes of just methodical, they have it together. That's incredible. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. good squad. Good time to be a lady. Thank for you, all Professor. Of us. Thank you, Professor Plum. Yeah. yeah with the yeah, candlestick. Shout out to Professor Plum. In the rage room. Yes. Get some candlesticks in there. That yeah. Wait, I don't know why I said candlestick. That's the only thing I can remember. They have a lead pipe on there, yeah, right? There's a lead pipe. Uh, the revolver. The revolver. Yeah. But that's re- not I was just going to say you the revolver. You should get some like squirt gun revolvers. A rope. There was a rope. Oh, rope is good. Rope is good. You could like. What? There was a lot of rooms too. Are we trying to lasso something? Like, I love Professor Plum with the rope lassoing the TV. Like, what? I'll just stick with the lead pipe. <laughs> I'm gonna like reach out to Clue and have them do like a gritty edition, like gritty rage room Clue edition. It'll be like gritty with the lead pipe smashing a TV in the rage yes. room. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so. Dude, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. That, that works well it's perfectly <laughs> with hockey fans. Yeah, just life in general. All right, cool. <laughs> well, Lauren, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This has been so great. Oh, oh you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having me yeah, on. Yeah, you no, too. Thanks, is, for, thanks for coming this on. Fun. If you not yet subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a new episode of After Orange Slices every Monday and Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yes, two days a week we'll be releasing new episodes from now on super exciting and that's all because of you guys the great support that we're getting from our listeners so keep it up but please if you can go write a review in the app star and the app store give us five stars write a little review and tell us what you love about the show so if you write a little review screenshot it on your phone and send me a dm on instagram with the photo and i'll feature you as our fantastic fan Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Kevin. And we're the hosts of the Rinkside Podcast. We were annoyed by the lack of hockey coverage on local sports radio and decided that we were stupid enough to try and provide some ourselves. We have what we call the Rinkside Guarantee. We guarantee that the podcast you're currently listening to is better than ours. We are literally just two halves of one whole idiot trying to fumble through covering the Detroit Red Wings, the National Hockey League, and hockey in general. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Pod. And subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast providers. Every time you listen to our podcast, it brings us one step closer to our ultimate business goal of purchasing the Arizona Coyotes and then moving them to Detroit. What? Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Or just another commercial. We aren't the ones who make those choices.